This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Devils in the district tonight. Some encouraging words from the mayor of the District of Columbia about fans and their possible return to Capital One Arena. And one year ago today, the hockey world stopped for the Capitals after a game in Buffalo. Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, March 9th. Welcome to Caps this morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. John Walton and Ben Raby with you. Ben, let's start with the topic du jour today. The Caps, I guess it's a home game. It's being played in D.C. anyway, but it's might as well be a road game the way that the schedule goes. The only home game in nine as the Caps take on the Devils tonight. Yeah, you, you miss these, John, from, from your days on the road? The old one back to home after a lengthy road trip and about to go out on the road again. So what would be the standard? You basically, you're still living out of a suitcase, right? And the players, I imagine, are doing the same now. You might get some fresh socks and underwear, but that's about <laughs> it. You're not unpacking otherwise. No, so that's pretty much the state that they find themselves in. Just the one-off, yes, against the New Jersey Devils, a team that even though the Capitals have that 3-0 and record against New Jersey this year, a team they know they'll have to be ready for. New Jersey Devils team coming to town, fresh off a one nothing shutout over the weekend in Boston. From a Capitals perspective, uh, also, you don't want to get in that trap game mode after a very successful 4 and one road trip. We spoke about the success they enjoyed in a nice bounce-back win on Sunday night in Philadelphia after a day off yesterday. You don't want to let your guard down here. Can't afford to let this be a trap game against the New Jersey Devils. So a little unorthodox as far as how it just snuck in there with the schedule this season. But what isn't unorthodox with the schedule this year? Hopefully, for their sake, they can you know put forth the professional effort that will be needed for 60 minutes here. Just glad the schedule settled in here for the last couple of weeks, yeah. and hopefully it continues to do that. The Devils are a team with speed. They are good at five-on-five. Five. The Capitals swept them last weekend in New Jersey to start out the road trip. But the Devils are coming off a shutout of their own in beating Boston on Sunday night. Win the special teams battle against the Devils, you win the game. Their power play, not good, and their penalty kill is worse. But they will hurt you at five-on-five. Scott Wedgwood, after that 40-save performance on Sunday, Caps better be ready. This is not going to be an easy one. Yeah, and, and win the special teams battle, win the game. That, that brings to mind when these teams last met here in Washington, the only time they've met at Capital One Arena. That was that come-from-behind win for the Capitals. Devils took it to them early on. They built a 2-0 lead, a whole lot of speed early on from the Devils. That was the Craig Anderson game, and Capitals were able to claw their way back. They went 3-4 for four on the power play. And eventually won the game four to three. But the New Jersey Devils, that penalty kill of theirs, ranking 31st in the NHL. They've been at the bottom of the PK rankings for much of the year. It was at the start of the season, historically bad. They've tidied it up a little bit, but they dug themselves such a hole in the rankings that it still is at the bottom of the league as far as the percentage. So certainly uh, an area there for, for the Capitals to potentially take advantage of. And to your point at five on five, it's such a contrast for the devils. They're one of the stingiest teams. I think they've allowed the fourth or fifth fewest goals per game at five on five, as of Monday night at five on five, very stingy defensively at five on five, different story when they're down a man. So we'll see if the capitals can take advantage of that. And perhaps the capitals could build off as well, their own stingy defensive effort that they showed at Prudential center couple of weekends ago in sweeping that two-game series. Capitals were very good defensively uh, against New Jersey. A lot more coming up on Caps Devils with Ben at 4 o'clock today on Caps pregame. For those who are new to the podcast and may not be aware, pregame coverage begins at 4 o'clock on 
Caps Radio 24-7. So however you listen, catch up with Ben, and he'll have a lot more coming up for you later. We got a lot of other things to get to, and this may be one of the happiest tweets I have seen in a year. And it came yesterday. It was reported by Julie Zosmer with The Post, who was covering a press conference with Mayor Bowser talking about vaccinations. But then the mayor took questions. And one of the comments that Mayor Bowser said yesterday, she says that she is looking at lifting some virus-related restrictions on businesses, possibly including attendance at pro sports in the District of Columbia in mid-March. Yeah, the quote, our expectation is that we'll have some loosening now and even more later. Since all of this started a year ago, Ben, I don't know that I have been more optimistic and happier to read those kinds of words. It sounds like that sooner rather than later, we may get some fans at Capital One Arena. And without looking too far ahead, a six-game homestand for the Capitals starting March 16th, starting a week from today, next Tuesday. Maybe that's a little soon, but a six-game homestand there for the Capitals where maybe, just maybe, by the end of the month, by the end of that six-game homestand, you are open to a limited number of fans in the building. It certainly would be great to see. Uh, the players have certainly, uh, around the league, have been talking about how they've fed off even just you know a crowd of 2,000 or 3,000 fans like we saw the other night in Philadelphia. And I'll admit, John, I've been kind of surprised, pleasantly surprised by around the league, how many markets, how many teams, how many governments, all comes down to government, have opened the doors to that opportunity since the season began. I think at the start of the year, you had maybe Dallas, Arizona, Florida. It was really a very, very limited number. But then you start to see more and more teams, particularly geographically near us in the East Division, the New York teams, Pennsylvania teams, Columbus Blue Jackets in the Central Division, starting to see teams like that open the doors a little bit more. And I had a feeling, John, last week when they were talking about Nationals Park, and they said for opening day on April 1st, it won't have fans, but they will reevaluate it later this month, later in March. I thought that opened the door a little bit. And you know if they're going to have fans outdoor at, at Nationals Park, it at least presents the possibility of doing the same uh, for the Capitals and the Wizards at Cap 1 Arena. Yeah, most baseball teams are going to have some amount of fans. Obviously, a little bit of apples and oranges, indoor versus outdoor. But obviously, this is on the horizon being discussed by the mayor. And that is some most excellent news, at least something that we can look forward to maybe in the coming days. Which brings us to an anniversary. Look to be some conversation on the Capitals bench. Bonnick jumps over, picks it up at center, coming down the middle against Olmark. He shoots, and the Buffalo Sabres have won here tonight at KeyBank Center in a seven-round shootout. Capitals come from two down in the third, but they cannot defeat the Sabres here in Buffalo. Final score, three to two. All right, so that's what it sounded like one year ago today. Not a milestone win, not a win of any kind for the Capitals, falling in the seventh round of a shootout against the Buffalo Sabres, but significant because we didn't know it at the time. That would be the Capitals' final game for quite some time, for many months. As just days later, the world as we know it flipped upside down and the hockey world put on pause. But that night, John, you were in Buffalo on the call, with Ken, your last road broadcast for now anyways, as it turns out. What do you remember about March 9th, the start of a week unlike any other, 
But did you have an inkling or were there any indications that night as you left Buffalo that maybe this could be it for a little bit anyways? It never crossed our minds when we left the building. And strangely enough for me, my brother, who was celebrating a 40th birthday uh, a couple months prior and grew up a Sabres fan, and I wanted to be able to do something for him for his birthday. So he was there. And I was around him and he came to visit us in the press box and my friend Josh Reed at Channel 4 in Buffalo, I got to see on that trip. And for all of the conversation about what was going on in the world, we were aware of it. It was the first time that morning, uh, Sergei Kucharov was the PR representative for the Caps that was on the trip. And in the morning, there was some separation with interviews. Uh, by the time that we'd gotten the evening, honestly, they'd gone lax um, because we didn't know. And I, I'm not putting that on Sergey because it, it was business as usual, like at the game. It felt normal. After the game, Todd Reardon came out and we interviewed him as we were in a normal scrum, even though we didn't do the players that way that morning. And when we left the building, we went to Buffalo Airport. We flew home. And even the next day, Ben, I had a, an NBC game the very next day in Philadelphia where I drove up and I was mm -hmm. talking with Brian Smith from the Flyers. And I was almost joking with him and saying, you know, there's a full house tonight. I mean, who's going to tell Philadelphia Flyer fans to stay away? And it was just like, I, even then, I, I mean, within 24 hours of everything ending, I still didn't see it coming. And I don't know that anyone did. And it was the most bizarre 48 hours of my career uh, to go from what was a lackadaisical, not so great one out of three road trip for the Caps. Okay, Detroit's coming in. And then everything stopped. And that I'll never, ever forget. So I remember it, to your point, Monday, March 9th in Buffalo, nothing out of the ordinary for the Capitals. The Tuesday, the 10th was a full day off. And then Wednesday, the 11th, they had practice and they had media availability. It was the first time we met with the players in sort of a, we didn't get the access to the dressing room like we normally would. It was, it was like a mixed zone. It was, it was a little different. So that was a little bit of an oddity. But then it was the next day. It was Thursday, March 12th. The night prior, the NBA suspended its season abruptly. But the morning of March 12th, the Capitals gathered for a morning skate at Kettler. And Nick Dowd actually just recently weighing in and reflecting on how quickly it went from a morning skate. They were doing video review for the Detroit Red Wings and then told, pack your bags, go home. We're not playing tonight. I think we were probably ignorant to the fact that it was going to be <laughs> this long of an event to get back to, to NHL hockey. But yeah, at the time, I mean, I remember we were in video, we were playing Detroit that night and uh, you know, we were kind of all joking about uh, the fact that all oh, they, they shut down, I think the NBA at the time. Um, and then we were saying, Oh, okay. Like, you know, it could happen to us, but I think it just felt like it was so far away at that point because um, the U S in general hadn't dealt with it yet uh, on the type of uh I guess where, where it had been later, later that uh, spring. So yeah, it was uh, an interesting time. And, and I think we're all pretty naive on, on what was to come. So that's Nick Dowd acknowledging maybe a little naive. Maybe some players thought it was just going to be like another bye week Garnet Hathaway had mentioned that a few days ago as well, reflecting on a year ago. I remember John March 12th, the game day. I got changed at home. I was in a suit as I would be on a game day. I was literally on my way out, had the laptop bag, and you texted me and you said, office is empty. Don't, don't come. And I don't know if at that point the morning skate had been canceled yet, but you, you told me, you said, no one's here. They're, they're, they're not going to play tonight. Expect an announcement this afternoon. And it came early that afternoon. 
And I don't remember, John, if, if you could recall, how long did we anticipate maybe the season being on pause? You know, it's funny, you know, your phone saves all kinds of things. And on that day, on March 12th, as I walked out, I had talked to you and I had I talked with a couple of folks. I, I believe Tarek El-Bashir was there and I think he was it. And he was on his way out and we talked briefly and I went to the car and I turned around and I took a picture of the arena. I just had this feeling that I wasn't going to see it for a while. My office is in the building. I, I spend a lot of time in there during the season. And I went, I didn't even get back during the bubble uh, because the building was so sealed off. I went 11 months without even setting foot in my office at MedStar Capital's Iceplex. And I felt like when I left, like I felt it could, I thought it was going to be a bit, I had no idea it was going to change life as we knew it. I, I don't think I had any sense of that when I left, but I was starting to get the feeling when they, when the game got wiped out, when the NBA had suspended uh, the night before, uh, you know, they were calling season suspensions. And I think the NHL might've even coined the phrase pause and then everybody else mm -hmm. kind of glommed onto it, but that wasn't even something we'd heard yet until Gary Bettman had said it uh, sometime in that afternoon and then we weren't back and calling games in any way, shape, or form until July. And as we sit here on the one-year anniversary, I still don't know when Ken and I are going to be back in a road arena. I hope in October. But it's still in the world we live in. It's just one day at a time right now. And, and a final thought to bring it back to the present now is that it, it, it's amazing thinking back to this week a year ago. I think the Golden State Warriors and the NBA were the first team that said we're going to play in an empty arena. They didn't end up doing it because they suspended the season, but the Warriors were going to play in an empty arena. And then the NCAA tournament announced they were going to play, but no fans. It was going to be empty arenas and stadiums. And it sounded like such a foreign, how could, how could that ever happen? How can that be a thing for sports at such a grand scale? And now here we are a year later. And I think it was John Carlson the other night who even acknowledged, he said the fans were welcome, but he said it even felt weird to have the fans back in the building in Philadelphia. It's almost like, believe everyone, that everyone would love to have the fans back, but it's almost like you just get used to, this is the new normal. That expression gets used so often, but somehow pro sports have chugged along. And if you had told folks a year ago this week what it would look like, what these leagues, what these seasons would look like. Nobody would have believed it. And yet here we are, whether it's the NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, NHL, they've all gotten, they've all chugged along in, in some capacity, yearning for the days where it returns to what it once was. But, but here we are. And I, what John says, I not only agree with, but I, here's another one, like just wearing masks. I mean, things that you don't even, no one likes it. But, I mean, it's just become the, the normal. So when you do have fans in the building, and it was the sweetest sound ever at the end of the game in Philadelphia <laughs> with fans booing, uh, the refuse suck chant. I mean, things that you would never have on the automated noise coming back. I mean, just the booing alone was fabulous. And, and good, bad, and different uh, as fans start to come back. And hopefully we, you know, with the news coming just yesterday that maybe that could, uh, we may hear something in days that some will be able to come back. It will, this will not be over for me until we have 18,500 back at Capital One Arena. On that day, it'll be very, very emotional for all of us, uh, for those who have endured empty buildings and broadcast from uh, dark places at Capital One Arena and small conference rooms and, and being in buildings. Look, it's mentally tough. 
It is uh, for all of us. Uh, we, going on the road, uh, they have to stay in their rooms. They don't go anywhere. And for mm -hmm. us, it's three people in an 18,000 seat building. Uh, and that's taken a toll on me. I'm not afraid to say it. And I hope, I hope that we start to get some closure coming this week. A couple of other things real quick before we head out on this day. Uh, we've got Zach Fish calling the game tonight. I've got NBC duty tonight uh, calling Dallas and Chicago. Uh, so be nice to Zach tonight. Uh, being around the Mass Mutual East, it is a big night of action. The Rangers in Pittsburgh for a 6 o'clock start, second of a two-game set there. Bruins looking to get back on track at Nassau tonight. They're against the Islanders. And Buffalo, six wins on the season. They are in Philly tonight at Wells Fargo Center. There may be booze, but only if Sabres fans make their way in, probably. Uh, the Islanders, uh, 34 points leading the division as play starts today. Caps at 32, two back trying to catch them tonight. Boston and Pitt at 29, Philadelphia on the outside looking at a 27, but playing the aforementioned Sabres. So the Caps-Devils tonight at 7 o'clock. Coverage begins with Ben at 4. Network Air is at 645 with Zach and Ken. Hey, Ben, have yourself a great Tuesday, okay? Happy Tuesday, John. Thank you, sir. Have a good call tonight, too. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Ken! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.